Supernature Podcast is here to give everyone a respectable outlet to speak their truth. The experiences and stories depicted can be unsettling and disturbing to some. Listener discretion is advised. If you have a story you want us to share, email supernature at galacticcycle.com. Welcome to our Supernature. I am your host, David Mage. Today's story is a narrative account of a regression hypnosis session with Jess. I'm on the surface of a planet in a reddish-brown desert-like place. I'm surrounded by large craters in the ground filled with sparkling water. I find myself floating in one of the pools. I realize that I'm a young man, maybe 30-ish, with black hair and blue eyes. I'm wearing plain, brown-colored clothes that are soaking wet as I drift in this pool of water. I can stretch my arms and legs out completely, like a star, and I'm not touching any of the sides of the crater. I'm just floating like a water bug and smiling. It feels really nice. I'm looking up into the sky. I can't tell if it's day or night. I can see stars in the sky. There is light on one side and dark on the other side, like half of it's nighttime and half of it's daytime, but it is very beautiful. I don't think this planet has a moon. I feel like I visit here, but this is not my home. Oh, I can see my home. My view is changing. I'm no longer around the craters. I'm looking at some kind of village. It is surrounded by lots of water and green trees. They look tropical with lots of big leaves. There are lots of trees and plants and animals. It is a very lush area. There are people in the distance, lots of people. I think that is where I live, in like this outdoor living village community. The people are moving very fast. No, that's not right. It's more like they're being fast forwarded and rewound, like I'm watching through a screen. I'm having a hard time seeing their faces or bodies. I'm seeing the colors of their hair like brown, black and blonde and long and short. There are a mix of both males and females around me and a lot more adults than children. Oh, my perspective is changing again. The people are moving around now. Not like before, everything is moving normally. I can see kids running around and playing. Some other people are gathering and making things. Some are basket weaving. Everyone is really enjoying their time. There is arts and crafts happening. I can see an easel with something that looks like paint, blues, greens, and browns. I'm handing out plates of some sort. They don't look like the plates we have now. There's some sort of food on it and I'm giving this to the people around me. The food looks like vegetables and fruits like we have and lots of greens. There might be some bugs on there too. I'm not sure if they're to eat or if they're just on the plates. Oh, it could be both. I look around me as the people are eating and I notice that I am in some kind of small clearing in the village with a circle of trees on the perimeter. They are really tall and beyond them seems to be more forest. There are some animals like monkeys jumping in the trees. I can also see something that looks like a lemur or another monkey with a furry long tail. I seem to think that we don't live with these animals but we coexist. There are no issues with them, 
The animals are really sweet, and they make cute noises in the trees, and everyone seems to be enjoying them. There are no worries or fears of animal attacks or anything. Actually, I feel like there is no fear of anything at all right now. I ask someone near to me what this place is called. I hear like an R sound, like raw. I'm hearing a name of a person more than a place, like Robert or Roberta. They spell it for me, R-E-A-T-U-R-E, -E, or maybe a B, Reacher or Recherb. I'm not sure if that is what they call this little area or this planet. This person tells me that they associate the number three and five with their home planet. I have to giggle. He tells me that the three means the Holy Trinity, and the five means balance. I ask what the balance means, and he says, just calm and just joy and no fear. They feel very fortunate and are full of joy. They get to work on whatever they want, whether it's art or basket weaving or gathering food or building small structures to sleep in. Everything is just so leisurely. They feel very safe. It seems like there is nothing that could harm them. No animals, no natural disasters have happened that he can remember. It feels like there have been hard lives before and a lot of struggles. And this is kind of like a place to just be, relaxing, enjoying, and laughing. It feels like a break life. I'm getting that they have had many, many lives before, like 5,600 years years or lives i'm not sure which i ask how many lives have i had and i hear 300 or 3000 i see many planets flashing by me right now but i seem to think that earth has been the majority of my lives oh everything's gone now i'm surrounded by a fog and darkness it's hard to see anything hold on I see two young girls spinning, holding hands, and their faces are up and they're laughing. I think they're like six or seven years old. One has a little bit of freckles. She has red hair with bangs and pigtail braids and a cute little outfit like a skirt and little white dressy shoes. The other one has more dark hair and a ponytail. She's not as easy to see. The little girl in the pigtails really stands out to me. I look into her eyes and... She's me, but I think from another time. She's telling me that I need to relax and chill out more, that I'm being too tough on myself, but it's okay, and that I've got this. I just need to have more fun. She is here to help me. I will be able to see her in my dreams. She's showing me almost like the stick handle of a golden brush with a sparkling diamond on the end and she's brushing her hair with it. I'm not sure what this means, but she tells me truth, that I need to be me. She wants me to be me, just full of joy and laughter and kindness. She is so full of laughter and playing all the time with no fear or worry, no responsibility. That's fading away now. I'm drifting away from the girls in the fog. It's being replaced by bright lights. They're misty and wobbling up and down. Not bright like a light bulb, more softer looking. I see whites and soft purples. 
They're so calming to watch. Now I'm seeing the shape of a figure through the fog. It has wings or something on its back to mimic wings. And there's a whoomp, whoomp, whoomp sound. I still cannot see very clearly. I don't recognize this figure, but suddenly a thought comes to my mind. I'm here to show you the world. As I get this idea, the fog clears, like opening the clouds, and I'm suddenly flying high in the sky. It's nighttime. I can see a town or a city with all of these little streetlights and trees around it far below me. The whole village is glowing like a golden light because of the darkness all around. It's a pretty fair size, not a major city with millions, but maybe like a hundred thousand people. I'm so high up, but I can see that there are humans in the town. I must be on Earth at some point. I still can't exactly see this figure, but I can tell that it is male and it definitely has wings. They are whooshing behind me as we fly across the sky. I can see he has brown wavy hair that is not long or short. I can tell he also has brown eyes. I ask him his name and very sternly he replies, Robert. He is not at all familiar and I wonder if I know him. I suddenly hear, forever. From the beginning of time, we have been like partners. Doing what, I wonder? He directs my attention back to the town below. I get that this is mine, but I don't understand what that means. He is saying that I take care of this, but not in a possessive way, just that I need to care for it and that they are counting on me. Oh, it's not the physical that I created, more like the feeling guiding their spirits up, like raising the vibration to help. I'm getting the name of someone else now, too. Jonathan or Jonas? I think they helped create this place with us, somehow. They want me to know that I am not alone, that I always have them around me. If I ever need help from them, that I just need to ask. Anything that I really need, they're willing and here to give it to me and that I will be able to recognize the signs to know that they have heard me. I feel a white light all around me. I don't really see the city now. It seems like I've turned around and I'm just smiling. They're sending me just love. I can feel it. I can't tell how many, but I can see Robert and the outline of heads like a busy street. Oh, there are so many of them and they're just sending me healing and love. I know that I've been struggling a lot, and they're glad that I've been talking to them more. There are so many over there to help us. All we have to do is ask for it and to be open to receive it. I just need to make time for myself alone and to tune in and trust myself and my choices. Something starts to stand out. It's like this small crescent object, like a brooch. And it's emanating like the rainbow with blues, greens, reds, yellows, oranges, purples, and whites with a golden gem in the middle. I sense that this is coming from them in that space, like some sort of symbol for strength and protection. I wonder where they come from, and I'm getting the word heaven in the sky. Everything is disappearing. I'm still up in the sky, but everything is changing. The town is gone. Robert and the others are gone too, I think. Something is spinning far below me. I don't know if, if it's beings or something else, 
but they are circling around a fire. They look to be some sort of being. I can see hands that are cupped and they're shooting a white light into the fire. They're spinning really fast around and there's smoke rising from the fire and all around. I'm watching this happen from high above them like a bird's eye view. Now I can see that there is another figure stopped and looking back and forth frantically. I think this might be what the other beings were projecting their light onto, sending this figure their light. I sense a lot of worry and fear coming from this figure. I sense it has to do with something about the end. Oh, I'm hearing the end of civilization. The other beings are fading away now and I can see this other figure more clearly. It's a very dirty male human. He is wearing furs and skins and his hair is all matted. He has a hairy face and he is holding himself because he is so cold. I feel like he is scared. He's huddled around a fire in a cave. I seem to be standing near the entrance to the cave. I can sense that it is very cold outside and that it is getting colder. I can see pictures of others on the walls. Maybe ancestors? They look like stick figures or of maybe warriors. This man is huddled by this tiny fire trying to keep warm in this cave and it is getting colder and colder outside and the winds are really coming past the opening. I realize he's looking back at me and that I am the cause of his worry. He seems to be able to feel my presence and I think it is confusing him. He keeps looking at me like back and forth and isn't sure of what he is seeing. I realize that I am like a white flaming kind of light. I can see my feet. I've got high heels on, fancy shoes, but my skin is really white and I have a very soft pink dress and cape on. I can sense that I have a soft, gentle expression on my face. My hair is flowing in this wind, but it's not blowing the same way as the wind. I feel like my essence is kind of blowing like left, but the wind is blowing to my right. I wonder if there is anyone else. And I hear, no, dead. I get the sense that everyone else has died that this man was with. And he tells me, yes, they died from the ice, but he didn't. He is the last one left. He is saying that the winds have changed and gotten a lot colder, that his time is coming to an end. He doesn't seem afraid of dying. He's just very lonely. He's using that light that I saw the other beings using. It looks like he's using it from his hands. I thought they were sending light to him, but it seems like he can use that same power as them. I can't tell if it's warmth from his hands, but it seems to help keep the fire going, and I think that is what has kept him alive so long. I'm getting that it was a long time, nearly 100 years since he saw another being. I'm just watching him, smiling at him. I'm not saying anything, just observing. He's kind of going on with his business, and I think he's getting used to me being here. I'm just watching him and smiling at him. I'm not saying anything, just observing. He doesn't seem as worried by my presence. I think he was more shocked and not sure what I was doing there in his tiny cave. He uses the light from his hands again. 
It seems to be making a ball of energy in his palm. I think this is how he gets food, too. Like this energy ball can nourish him. I'm not really sure. I don't know if he completely understands it, but he knows that it is helping him stay alive. The light from his hands is getting brighter. I can see similar rainbow colors to that brooch from the group before. Suddenly, I hear the name Jonathan again. I get the feeling that Jonathan came and gave him this light. But I don't know why. I get the sense that he might have done something bad. That he has had to be here alone, and he has become aware of what he did. Almost like a form of solitary confinement, but for something he might have done in another life. A time when he was a mean person, rude and grumpy. He was so mean all of the time, and I think he might have hurt people, hurt children. I think he tried to do something and it didn't work. And everyone blamed him and it made him more angry. That he was experimenting with something. Oh. Oh, I see it now. I'm seeing what happened. It was an experiment. He was trying to harness energy or something like that. I can see some kind of really big cave. There is a red tinge everywhere. I don't know if it's paint or if it's lava-like reflections, but there is red everywhere. I see a lineup of children. They are coming down into the center of the cave. He just keeps failing and failing, and he just keeps doing it and doing it no matter what. He's trying to take their energy. In this life before, He's trying to take the energy from these children for himself, and it keeps failing. Oh no. It's like he's slicing them apart. I can see him in a dark cave with a lineup of children, and he's, and he's got this tool, and he's almost slicing a layer off of them, almost like a slice of bread. It's just him slicing them, and then they're just falling down because it's not working. He just keeps killing them. I'm seeing him turning into a stone-looking creature, too. I can't really describe it, but his skin seems to be getting harder, and he is getting angrier. Oh, now he has a hammer, and he's standing by a platform. He's hammering down onto something. I think as the children get closer, it is like they kind of go through something, and the energy comes out of them. And he smashes either their body or their energy with his hammer. He's smashing it so he can steal it. He believes this will give him more power and more control. I'm so confused, though, because these children seem to be just lining up to do this. They look like regular human children. They're not really conscious. They're not afraid. At least they're not looking afraid. I don't know if he has stunned them, but I see him smashing them, and then their essence is going down into this kind of tube. He gets power from these innocent children, so they're kind of feeding him this innocence, I guess. Or they are sacrificing themselves? He's been telling everyone that he'll be able to keep them okay if they sacrifice their children. I don't know if he wanted to trick the people and just take it for himself, but he's just using it for himself. And this doesn't make any sense, but I'm hearing 10,000, that he's been doing this for 10,000 years. This behavior is what led to that lonely man in the cave. I'm getting that that was his next life.
It was a way for him to think about things and not to be able to harm. He needed some time to balance. It was chosen by him and his guides. Oh, his guides are Jonathan and Robert. Oh my, I'm hearing that I am that person and that I have learned a lot since that time. That I care for children now instead of hurting them. And that all of those children that sacrificed themselves have had much better lives. They didn't have to sacrifice themselves anymore. And that now we are free to just spread love. Lots and lots of love and joy to as many people and children as possible. I notice I'm wearing the pink dress again. And I have a scarf that's blowing in the wind. My hair is long and my arms are stretched out. I realize so many of the children are here with me now. I can see them beside me and we're standing on this mountain and the moon is shining on the water below and there's some trees nearby and we're all standing at the highest peak and my arms are open and we're letting go of the fear and the restrictions and the limits. I can feel the love and the forgiveness coming from these children, their acceptance of what took place that they've been able to move past it and use it for their own learning and growth. Oh, they're all hugging me. So much love, so much to give. I just have to trust and make everyone remember. Thank you for listening. All of the information on this podcast was narrated and produced with the permission of the respected individual. I want to thank Jess for sharing her story with us today. If you would like to become a part of the growing Supernature community and gain access to episode bonuses, behind-the-scenes content, and much, much more, you can go to patreon.com forward slash David Mage and support us there. If you would like to share your story or have any questions about the experience you just heard, email us at supernature at galacticcycle.com. And if you like this session, Subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast platform and stay up to date on all our latest releases. Thank you for listening.